and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Hey guys, I am on with Jackie Grillo, who's the director of Sales Northeast for Kelly Blue Book. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, how are you? I am great. Thanks so much for being on with us today. I'm very happy to be here. So as you know, you and I met at Women in Automotive, and I was so impressed with you, what you're doing with business, your family, your son. We'll get into all of that. But I think you really are a perfect example of the type of women leadership I want on the show, which is you're always juggling a million things (laughs) and doing a good job at all of it. So um, I think first, let's just talk about you are at Kelly Blue Book. Um, Tell me how you got into it and how you got to be director of sales. So I was in the world of marketing and uh, communications. I did integrated marketing and I was very involved in automotive as a category. So one of the things that I decided to do was I was being recruited by Cox Automotive back in 2012, and I was working Mm -hmm. for a big sports outlet, and we were monetizing digital sales for the first time. So selling ad space online, taking websites from $0 in billing, and creating revenue digitally for the first time pretty much ever. Um, Mm -hmm. And when Cox came knocking, I said, oh, Auto Trader, I know that magazine. My dad and his friends used to pick it up in the grocery store. I didn't really know a lot about the company. So I decided to um, research it a little bit more, and I was so um, enamored with what the Cox family was doing and what they stood for and all the community service and involvement and women in leadership that I pursued a career with them. And I actually took a position on the ground level from being a director of sales and worked my way back up to, you know, um, from 2012 now to 2019, I'm finally back in a director role. So six Very cool. and seven years later. Oh, but that's so great. I mean, that's perfectly, that is a perfect example and nice segue into my next question, which was, Part of the reason I just have so much admiration for you and some of the other fantastic women I've met in this industry is because there's some women who really like to hustle. And so, I mean, you know, that's a prime example. You've had six promotions. So do you feel like in automotive specifically, it's harder for women? Do you feel like it's the same? Like, do you feel like you've had to work harder? What's kind of your thoughts on that? So in my experience here at Cox Automotive, which is really um, since 2012, the only time I've worked just in this category, it doesn't feel any different to me, but I am fully aware that it feels different to others. And I'm so respectful of that. But in Mm -hmm. my situation in Cox Automotive, I don't feel as though we have to hustle any more from a company standpoint, we have equal opportunity, and I have a great experience here. But I do think that we may get an, a meeting easier sometimes, but then we have sure. to earn the, it's harder for us to earn the business and kind of prove that we know what we're talking about because we are females in a male-dominated industry, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
I, I feel like no, it totally makes just sense. how I'm built. So to be able to hustle is just, it's in my blood. Male, female, I think people are hustlers and people are more, you know, laid back. When it comes to work, hustle, hustle. Right. When it comes to play, I just love to, you know, sit back, relax, and travel. And, but work is just, you know, I'm manic about the hustle. I love it. I think there's yeah. no other way to be. Just get it all. <laughs> I love it. Well, and that's kind of like, how do you, do you, I want to talk a little bit about like goal setting and intentions. Do you have, do you set daily goals for yourself? What, how do you kind of manage that? Because I think you're right. I think especially a lot of the leaders I've talked to, they just have, like you're saying, kind of hustlings in their blood. But it seems like a lot of them have a daily regimen or a weekly regimen that they're following to ensure that they make the most of that time. I do and I don't. So I have to track and adjust mine a lot based on what comes up. Um, as you know, we met at a conference. I do go to um, a lot of conferences and meetings, um, you know, kind of in the South or the West or the Midwest or the Gulf states. But um, my team specifically covers 13 states in the Northeast, and I'm out weekly with them in the field. So oh, wow. trying to remember that no matter where I am, I wake up in the morning, every morning, and I just meditate for a few minutes. And that's how I start my day every day, no matter, because I can do that at home. I can do it in a hotel. I do a little bit of meditation and a little bit of stretching. And I mm-hmm. recite some mantras in the morning, and I just tell myself, you deserve abundance. You're going to have a wonderful day. And I like to give myself a positive outlook. And that's mm-hmm. the one thing that I do every day. And every morning and every night, I, my husband and I text good morning and good night, no matter how much I'm traveling or how far, where I am away. We always do that. And it keeps me grounded and connected to home as well. I love that idea, and I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you here because <laughs> I didn't put this on the list. But the other thing I'm, I'm really interested in, with women specifically, is balancing. How do you find the balance for you know home and work, and especially when you're in a leadership and an executive role? And I think you know uh, your point you made about you and your husband ensuring you say good morning and good night every day is one of those. Do you have other ways that keep you kind of balanced within the personal and work life? I mean, there's wine and girlfriends. <laughs> That's um, my personal favorite. <laughs> um, I like the occasional glass of wine, but um, I will tell you that one of the best things that I've done lately, and hopefully some ladies on this call could appreciate kind of a silly balancing tip, but I downloaded this app called Marco Polo. I don't know if you've okay. ever heard of that. No. Okay. So this is kind of like, you know how you might have a group text with your family or your friends or different groups of friends or couples that you get together with for dinner. Um, Marco Polo is a video chat app where you record a video of yourself and you post it onto a chain, kind of like a group text would be with designated mm-hmm. people. And everybody can look at it or react to it whenever they want. And they can write or uh, record something back or write something back or post a picture back. And it's just helped me really remain connected with some of my core groups of people better. And just it gives you that balance while you're on the road, especially, and you're away from your family and your friends. You can always – it feels like they're always nearby. And I kind of take that tip from my son. I always say, 
are you going to hang out with your friends this weekend? And he's like, we're hanging out right now. But meanwhile, he's just like <laughs> on the iPhone, on FaceTime with them or chatting with them on text. And I'm like, but you're not hanging out. Go outside and play. Speaking of your son, I know this just from you and I on a personal level. I love that he has a thriving garlic business. Tell me a little bit about this and how you helped him kind of make this flourish. So we had some really good friends that live in Rhode Island that I spent most of my adulthood being friends with before I moved back to New York, Andrea and David, and they came here to visit in 2012 and took us along with Ethan, my son, who was 12 years old at the time, to the Garlic Festival in Socrates, New York. And he really mm-hmm. had a keen interest in this garlic. He didn't realize there were so many varieties. None of us did. We didn't know this. Um, sure and that he could potentially grow garlic. So he started out by growing 12 plants, and he was like, I think I should sell these. So, you know, it was a farm in front of a stand in front of the house and a farm in the backyard first. And it evolved over the years to him not only growing garlic, but clipping the scapes and creating a recipe that was improved year wow. over year for garlic scape pesto. Then it became three varieties, and then... Sadly, last month, it was um, concluded because he'll be going away to college next year when he's 18, so we need a full cycle to grow from October through August, and he'll be away for the second half of that complete growing and harvesting and, um, you know, uh, making all the pesto and doing all that, so it was bittersweet that it's over, but I know I tried to help him understand the you know, the finances of it, the business, the legal mm-hmm. parts of it that yeah. he needed to understand and just get him into researching that part of it. And he, you know, he kind of grew in and out of the interest of that over the years, but it was nice <laughs> for him to have his own business and start social media sites for it. And I mean, you can still, he, you can still see his, um, his pages up at notogarlicfarm.com or on Instagram, he's notogarlicfarm and on Facebook, he's notogarlicfarm. It's just very cute to see the evolution of him turned from a 12-year-old child farmer into this, you know, almost 18-year-old businessman. Not only your son, who you became, who became a thriving entrepreneur, but I know you work with women and men, you know, in your position. And do you feel like you lead them differently or do you give them different advice depending on if they're male or female? Or do you kind of take the same tact no matter what gender they are? So I keep it the same, but I individualize. So it's not based on leading the males differently than the females. It's based Mm -hmm. on leading each individual. I'm more of a coach, a mentor to them. Um, I help move the big stones so that they can do their job better um, and they can be out there, you know, selling every day and partnering with dealers and just making their experiences with our trusted brand amazing. But I, um, I tend to really individually coach people based on how they learn, based on prioritizing their needs and what they care about. Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. really a male-female thing for me. And I learned a lesson recently about this. I mean, we study at our leadership level at Cox Automotive unconscious bias and how to avoid falling into those patterns, even if you don't intend to. So they do a great job of coaching us through that. But On my own personal level, I had someone who was a male um, who I didn't realize was struggling with some appointment times that we had 
because he was getting his kids off the bus every day. And I didn't even think of that from his perspective. It's usually my female employees that are getting their kids off the bus. So kind of in a reverse way, I wasn't even, that didn't even pop into my head that that might be why he's not available at three o'clock. So somebody told me as a third party and I thought, oh my goodness, this is twofold. I didn't consider that a male might be doing that instead of the female employees or the female of the household. Um, And I also hope, like, wow, I need to make sure that I have a better, you know, open door kind of attitude with this person because they totally could have come to me and just said, every day I get my kids off the bus at 3, so I need to be available, (laughs) unavailable from 3 to 3.15. I'm totally flexible that way. So I learn as I go as well how, you know, it might be perceived that maybe the men that have to do this stuff don't think we would take them seriously if they had to do fatherly duties. So I think as we... As, the, as time goes on, we just have to consider everyone, you know, there's no male, there's no female, there's just people. And we try, yes. try to make a big effort to do that, and you still can have a misstep, you know? I love that because one of my next questions was, how can companies really find high achievers like you? I mean, how can they find leading women who continue? I love what you said about running through walls. You know, you're, you're just working so hard that the achievements come, you're not specifically looking them out, but how can you find people that are just really ready to move up the ranks and work hard for their company? I think just showing, going above and beyond to, to recruit, because that's how I got here, was a, a really great recruiter, but a recruiter mm-hmm. that shows females that although this industry is male-dominated, your company is not just the guys' club. And that Mm -hmm. it's everyone's club. It's not specifically focused toward male or female. It can be, you know, there's a lot of gender lines now. That's going to be a thing of the past soon where, you know, it's going to be considered, I mean, it it already is considered kind of rude to, you know, to categorize. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of uncategorized genders now. So, um, you know, it's an everyone club. And if you focus on the achievement of the goals that you're setting and how you can provide the tools that women need to get there, if you give a woman tools, you know, you're going to gain great female employees because we'll run with it. We'll be organized. We will, you know, we'll just take it and make a plan and and achieve it. Like we we work the best through change as well. As long as we can make it happen, I'd rather work for a company that is into evolving with, you know, technology and the industry changes so that we can stay on top of things. That's what fuels me or what would attract me. I went from working for the Walt Disney Corporation to um, working for WEEI.com, which was Sports Radio Network website, um, over here. And I did, like, banking and mortgages early on in my career. But, you know, someone wouldn't normally consider someone like me for a role at AutoTrader. And these recruiters went outside the box and said, who can we find that we can teach the content to and then, you know, bring them on board and teach them about automotive? And I knew nothing. They sent me to NADA Academy. I mean, I knew, didn't know nothing. That's really that's, – I'm not giving myself enough credit. Right. Automotive was my top category as far as dollars spent and number of clients. Always automotive, then sure. banking and retail and so on and so forth. But – I didn't know the inner workings of a dealership the way I needed to for to work for Cox. Yeah. So not only did they put me through NADA Academy, I 
decided I would take my office day at a dealership that had eight rooftops and move around from brand to brand and learn about the business. I learned about how leases wow. work. I learned all of the ins and outs of it. So I had a boss that was flexible in letting me do that. So I think just finding people in great places and aggressively showing them what tools you're going to give them or what opportunity you're going to give them to be great at an automotive career. Yeah. I love it. And flexibility, I've definitely noticed flexibility has been a key component across the interviews I've done so far. But, you know, flexibility to allow these leaders to, um, like you said, think outside of the box. Yes. And I say always, like, if you're, whether, whether companies are hiring internally for promotion especially, but also externally, make sure you're always personally calling the people that are internal always and the people that are external that you're interested in talking to in the future and giving them feedback personally. I know that takes a lot of time, but it's not okay to let somebody leave an interview process if they didn't get the promotion or didn't get the role, feeling like they're not sure what happened or they're not sure why. So while yeah. when they're there in recruiting for, you know, promotions, it's really important for for people to understand what, you know, what they can learn from the experience and that, you know, if you are still interested in them for the future, let them know that, that they did a really great job and you're still interested in them. I think that's super important also. I love that. I love that. And do you have any last advice, any last advice for the, the female hustlers that are listening out there? <laughs> I do. So I have, I'm going to give you it in two different ways. One is from a perspective of family balance and another is for, um, you know, just your general work day and your attitude at work. How's that? Excellent. Great. Sounds perfect. (laughs) So I would say the most important thing with being in balance with your family and your work life, whether you work from home at an office or you're traveling constantly like I do, communication is just key. Make a calendar for your family. I don't care if it's digital or paper or both. However, all the members of your family would like to receive it, make Mm -hmm. a calendar and communicate regularly. Do a recap of your week with them. Do a, you know, um, this is what's happening in the upcoming week. um, And make sure that it's not just about you. I mean, by moms, we have the nature that it's never just about us anyway. Um, right. You know, ask how school's going, ask how the homework's, you know, doing, do a FaceTime with your kids during the week um, and help them with their homework. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Check their school yeah. portals and say, hey, don't forget you have this project due and shoot them a text right. or give them a phone call. Just showing that you're watching that and that you care makes them more invested in it. Um, and you doing, bet. You know, doing well, um, you know, just feeling that caring from afar. It's really um there are many ways to do it, but do something to communicate to them that, that you're coordinated and you care about, you know, what's happening with your family during the week and that they know yeah. what's happening with you. Um, and then always start your day positively. Be positive in the energy that you put out there and speak that way as well. Be confident and positive in your language. Um, don't say, you know, I'm going to go into this dealer one more time so that they can tell me no, say, I'm going to go into this dealer one more time because this is the time they're going to tell me yes. (laughs) So that way with your customers, if you're an automotive dealer, 
you know, when you're going to call a customer back one more time, it sounds silly to some, but just put that positive energy back out there and more times than, than it doesn't, it'll come back to you. So I love that from a work perspective and um, just knowing that, you know, you can find a great balance behind doing the right thing for the greatest amount of people always and taking good risks. So if you can balance those two things, you will win in the long run. So you don't even have to know the entire path that defines winning for you. Just enjoy the work that you're doing. Make sure that you're doing something you love or you're working your way up to something you love and you're aware of that and celebrate all the victories as they come and just enjoy that ride because celebrating every single victory, you deserve every one that you win. And it doesn't, it's exactly not easy to get there, no matter what your victory is, right? It's not easy. So celebrating it, there's no shame in that. Sometimes as women, we're supposed to be more meek and gracious and mild. <laughs> no, celebrate that victory. Have a glass of wine. Have a piece of cake. Hang out. You know, call your girlfriends and Marco Polo them and tell them you yeah. know, that you had this win or, you know, you, you, you got a great customer or a good client, whatever your role might be and who you're interacting with. You hired somebody magnificent and you're so excited. Celebrate all those things with your friends, your family, along the way, and it, it'll be awesome because it, we deal with enough negative that comes our way that when it's yeah, positive, it's correct. okay to dwell in that space for a while. I love that. And I think, like you said, I mean, as women, we tend to sometimes downplay the success. And so I really appreciate you saying that thing, you know, it's let's like, let's celebrate not only for ourselves, but for the other women around us. And it probably seems like I'm more upbeat and smiling and happy. And it's not um, always typical. But mm-hmm. I am really one of those people who's blessed to wake up and take a breath every day and just be alive. You know, I'm a two time cancer survivor. I yes. And back in school, so I'm in college, so there's a lot that um, I have on my plate, you know, including school, including my health, um, other than my career and my family. And to be able to wake up every day, having gone through what I've gone through, I just encourage other people and other women especially that you can do that too. You make a choice every day. Just make the choice to wake up and, and be happy. Be serious. Be you know, respected, but also be happy. You can have both. A lot of times we, we get that feedback or we have that thought in our own heads that we can't, we can't have it all. We can have it all, every single bit of it, and put that out there to other people too because when they feel your positive energy, it's super contagious, right? Might be yes, a little annoying, absolutely. but so contagious. No. Where is it? Annoying. <laughs> I, believe in it. I believe in the energy you're putting out is what comes back to you. You and I are both big believers in that. I know, and we've gotten along so well at Women in Automotive, and if anybody's listening to this hasn't gone to that event or any of the events for Women in Automotive, we met at the Orlando one. Um, Yeah. I would just encourage, if you can make it there, go. It's just an incredible experience, and you meet great people. I totally agree, and I think I could not have said it better myself to end the segment, so I just thank you so much for being on, and um, you've given us some great things to think about. Oh, you're welcome, and I thank you so much for having me and letting me share my thoughts with your audience. You bet.